listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hey guys, editing Kristen here. Uh, welcome to part two of episode 138, uh, where we will be discussing chapters five and six of the Red Scrolls of Magic. Uh, so sorry to have to split this episode, uh, but we're glad we were able to get this out to you guys today. So without further delay, enjoy. Okay. So Magnus introduces Alec to the shadow market. Uh, to a Mundy, it's just like a gladiator pit of sand, like, you know. Um, but to those with the sight, it's a bustling community of downworlders in their element. So cool. I just wish I could be there. <laughs> Is it a Honda element? <laughs> yes, yes. They brought their Hondas. <laughs> so shadow hunters aren't, like, not allowed, but... Alec was certainly sticking out. Like, they're not welcome here, okay? This is strictly for downworlders. Right. I imagine that it's not very common for downworlders to date Shadowhunters? Or I you mean, would see this I, often? Isabel's done it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. It, I think she was more like she wanted a rise out of her parents yeah. initially. Right. But, um, well, and Jace dated, it like, a fairy girl. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just don't know if you would take them to the shadow market when you're right yeah it just doesn't seem I like know. i said it doesn't seem like, like a place Alex should have gone to a house party like exactly <laughs> we don't take kindly to your kind around here <laughs> well because the way i see it is like shadow like yes there's like the weird like racism thing that is like mm-hmm. you know still there and fucking very much like in play but also shadow hunters are like the cops it's like i'm not gonna bring like my <laughs> cop boyfriend to this like party where there's like underage drinking like that doesn't right. make sense <laughs> like, they're doing shady shit at the shadow market hence shadow market like <laughs> yeah yeah you are a shadow hunter right like i'm gonna bring you over to my my uncle earl's house and he cooks meth like that's what no <laughs> Have you seen the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, Amanda? Uh, I've only watched the first episode. Okay. There, they, there's a shadow market in that. And I was just like, I love this. <laughs> I love that show. It took me a little bit, but I love it. Love it. It's my kind of humor. <laughs> okay. So um, even though Alec has like covered himself up, he's wearing his hoodie. He's wearing his leather jacket. He even brought gloves. But obviously, people are still noticing that he's there so Mm -hmm. basically there's like this pit and then in between two um pillars you walk through and it's like um it's where the shadow market is and it reminds me of this movie that i don't even remember what it's called and it's one of those that's like was it a real movie thing when i was a kid where these kids their mom disappeared or something so they went to like a market like this and got a new mom what i know i don't i loved the movie when i was probably like eight I don't even remember what it's called. I should have. I should Google it. Anyway, it's what it reminds me of. So they walk past these pillars and going in, it's like really busy and crowded. Like when you go to a concert or a sporting event and it's just incredibly packed and you're probably getting irritated because people are cutting you. And Robin's son is like, they cut me. They cut it, the line. Is it called Trading Mom from 1994? Yeah, that, that could be it. Yeah. I was with, eight in 1994. No, with yes, I was. Anna Chalumsky from My Girl. 
I don't remember. Okay. I'll send you a I'll have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. That was so fast. (laughs) (laughs) I literally Googled movie about going to the market for a new mom. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I might have to watch the movie just for a little bit of um, my childhood. (laughs) Nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um... As they're going into the busy market with people everywhere and stuff, it smells really bad. Like, sounds kind of like it smells like an elephant enclosure, and I know everybody knows that smell. Ew. Dude. It smells. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually um, You mean it get smells like in... Portland Mar- Saturday Market? I don't know. We talked about this it's and like, never been. It's like, a, it's like a mix of, like, food smells and... Mm-hmm species sweat <laughs> and like okay. the riverfront <laughs> okay fun good thing it's outside yep <laughs> oh man so yeah as soon as they get like it sounds like past these pillars um oh thank you i i get i got your photo <laughs> um the smells of the actual market hit magnus and it's like spices and incense and to him it just feels like home it's something that has remained the same through the centuries that he's been around and everything changes so much through just even decades that i can only imagine this has got to be just so com- comforting to him to be mm-hmm. able to just be himself, too, and not have to hide himself. And mm-hmm. I assume that's why they have these communities. So he explains to Alec <laughs> that the shadow market is the oldest in the world. So obviously, like, dangerous shit happens there. So he's like, watch yourself. <laughs> you got to get beside yourself. I'm sorry. I have <laughs> When you said, like, it's like the place he can be himself, It. I was, like, thinking in my head. I'm like, like, the first time I went to escape, it was, like, this underage nightclub oh, for yeah. queer kids. And, uh-huh. like, I remember seeing this girl from school that was, like, a couple years older than me and being, like, <gasps> like, it was it was very much a, like, oh, my like God. Like Spider-Man and meme? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I went there once. It was down oh. on the waterfront? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, or, I went there once. I mean, it was downtown. I don't really remember because okay. I pre really hard. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> to go to the 18 and, and under club. Yeah. Or it was the 18 and over. It doesn't matter. You were underage. Yeah. Well, because there was two underage nightclubs down there. There was, like, yeah. the gay club, and then there was the other one that I can't remember the name, but they had the foam parties. Do you remember those? I think that might be the one. I think I went to both, but I think I went to that one more. I never went to a foam party, though. Sounds like fun. I did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Now the only foam I have is in my coffee. (laughs) You've got, like, one of those little foamers from Amazon. I do. The only only foam I have is FOMO. FOMO. (laughs) Oh my God, we are awesome. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, he's telling Alec to watch himself, which I think is funny because Alec obviously always is watching. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't think that was necessary, but okay. So anyway, like like I said, I know that's always in my head. (laughs) 
so Alec is trying about. to hide himself, obviously. <laughs> but he can't hide that angel within. And mm-hmm. downworlders are noticing him. So there's like tons of whispers and people are even closing their windows to the shops as they walk by. And um, so Magnus just like holds his hand a lot tighter to just kind of like ease the awkwardness. So eventually they reach their first stop, which is a tent belonging to a blood. I don't know how to pronounce this and I was too lazy to look it up, but it's basically um, I don't know if this is something that's normal in this world. So I'm sorry. I'm a newbie, obviously, but. Um, I had to Google it. It's a person that pairs blood with wine like oh, you would a sommelier? meal. Oh, sommelier? Thank you. Thank you. I knew I was I knew I was going to kill it and I didn't Google it. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And um, his name is Peng, Pe- Pen Fang. And he is, surprise, a vampire. <laughs> uh, he and Magnus met in the 1700s, apparently when blood transfusions were all the rage. Um, so back then, Pe- Pen Fang capitalized on it and started a business of, like, you know, blood stuff okay did you imagine magnus and like the outlander 1700s stuff because i totally did in my head and i was it was powder blue that was the color okay okay i just see him always in like maroon burgundy colors oh i mean clearly that's yeah it would compliment what's his name on lord john is that his name on outlander i haven't watched it in so long oh my god get out of here Okay. I need to okay. watch the new season. I just, his clothes to be looked like that. Oh, I think I remember who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, this guy is like, he he's, he's very flirty. And he asks Magnus in a very flirty way, like, what are you doing here? And right away, Magnus gets down to business. And he asks him for information on the Crimson Hand. And... Pen Fang, I'm just going to keep saying his name because it's crazy, only gets as far as, like, I've heard a lot about them lately when Alec walks in and the conversation just completely stops. <laughs> He's, like, not saying anything more. It's like you said, the police are here. <laughs> so he tries to dismiss what? Alec and, like, shoo him away. Like, I'm busy, Shadow Hunter. Get out of here. And Magnus is like, uh, he's with me. Come on, baby. <laughs> so he introduces the two. And before anything else can be said, Pang tells Alec not to make comments about his name because his parents obviously didn't know he would be a vampire someday because his last name is Fang. <laughs> He's like, I, God, how miserable would it be to have to live your life like listening to that fucking joke? Yeah. Absolutely. It'd be like, it'd be like, I would change my name. Yeah, I, I mean, or go buy something else, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, Peng changes his tune after he realized that uh, obviously that the Shadow Hunter is involved, and refuses to give up any information about the Crimson Hand because he's like, I don't want to be a snitch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're the popo. So Alec convinces Magnus to go outside, and he admits that it was not a good idea for him to be here, which we all know. So he decides he's going to hang back and be all creepy and watch Magnus to keep him safe. Everybody's on board. So um, I don't know. To me, this almost sounds like you following him would raise more attention than just being with him because people are going to notice you 
there still, I would think. I don't know. Like, how are you going to hang back in the shadows with nobody noticing you? But I guess that's what he's good at. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he does it. So. He's like a JP on Grandma's Boy with the trench coat. He's like, how can they see me? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my gosh. So, um, before they part, Alec pulls Magnus in for some snuggles. And Pen Fang comes out and he's like, get out of here. No one wants blood from a place where shadow hunters are getting loving. You're ruining my business, man. (laughs) (laughs) So Magnus starts his stroll through the market. And he's like taking it all in. And he seems to really be enjoying himself. And he's even stopping to watch like magic demonstrations along the way. And it reminds me of those um, demonstrations at like Costco. For like a blender or knives or something <laughs> it's just so routine <laughs> and um unfortunately he got through you know doing lots of stuff and and all of these things but he didn't find anything out about the cult so he started getting that feeling again that um eyes were watching him but like not alex like not sexy eyes um, yeah, so he's noticing eyes watching him that are not sexy eyes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> and um, so he puts a spell like on himself or he uses a spell to um, alert him of undue attention that was being paid to him, which seems like a very specific spell. <laughs> but it works. So he reaches a dead end eventually and he he keeps getting this feeling that someone's watching him so strongly that he eventually calls the person out he's like come and get me motherfucker but like a lot nicer than that (laughs) but there's no one there (laughs) do you do that in your house when you hear like random crashes because you think it's like a ghost and you're just like get out of here and leave me alone yeah no you don't talk to the spirits in your house i freeze my mom used to talk to the spirits in the house gotta be rough with them sometimes yep (laughs) I just I you know what I'm missing from this book series is the really cheesy spell casting where it has to rhyme. Yes. I just want to know like what would this incantation be called and what would it say and it's clearly just demonic language when it is right when you can't do um what am I trying to say like shadow magic basically where you don't have to do an in like a incantation and an arm movement or whatever (laughs) but when you do it's demonic language but i want the very cheesy obviously sabrina the teenage witch rhyming stuff (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay i have to tell you this story really quickly i'm sorry for this sidebar but like we have this joke rule in our i mean it's it's a real rule if it's real but (laughs) it's a joke rule in our house (laughs) that bryn's not allowed to summon demons Right? Oh my god. It's a real rule <laughs> if it's real. Got it. So, so it's like cuz that's that was my line to like diffuse my mom cuz my mom like freaked out when Bryn started getting into witchy stuff and I'm like, "Look, she's not allowed to summon demons in the house. It's fine." Like <laughs> You're safe. The other, day, the other day she was in the kitchen and her door was closed and her door just like opened and I'm like, "Bryn, the demon in your room just opened your door. I thought I told you you're not allowed to summon demons. She's like, what? <laughs> like, that same thing happened at my house the other day. It happens all the time. Like, her door is possessed. Like, it just, whatever. 
and it's hard to like open like it's like it sticks so it was closed all the way and it just opened all the way and I'm like that's not the wind that's not normal (laughs) yeah (laughs) mine was the wind (laughs) (laughs) you still let her sleep in there no biggie I mean, we've smoke cleansed it and like you know lit some in- lit some incense and stuff. It seems Do you have a benevolent. protection rune on the door. No, but I should probably get some eggshells. Oh yeah, <laughs> just in case. I've never heard of that. That is awesome. Robin has them all around her house. Yeah, with rosemary in it. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Don't cross my threshold. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, obviously, no one's there. So, Magnus leaves this alley, and as he's exiting it or whatever, he runs into Johnny Rook. And it's this guy's a Mundy with the sight. And he's also known as Rook the Crook. So, that's <laughs> who he it. is. Yeah. There's my rhyme. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. So Magnus asks how Johnny's son is doing, and he tells him he's great. He has quick hands that make him so good for pickpocketing. And Magnus is like, bro, he's like 10. <laughs> and Johnny's like, I know, he's really good. <laughs> he's been he's been practicing since he was four. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Those little hands are helpful, you know. <laughs> Nobody notices a kid, you know. <laughs> Just feed him a waffle before, and then he actually has sticky fingers. <laughs> literally gross oh that's so funny and then you could have that excuse he just had syrup yeah the little baby hands that like get lint in between the folds of their little fingers oh yep dude i am so glad we're at the age where i'm like go wash your hands and i don't have to sit in there there and get all yeah nope i'm not involved in the process (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So he asks, like, he seems reluctant to want to even ask Johnny about anything. But I feel like because he didn't get any information elsewhere, he's kind of desperate, Magnus is. So he decides to ask Johnny if he knows anything about the Crimson Hand. And Johnny says three words. Culti, culties, worship, and Asmodeus. <laughs> And this obviously sends Magnus spiraling a bit and not because Asmodeus is his father, but, um, and you know, maybe his father is involved in this cult and that obviously could be really bad for Magnus because maybe he's, I don't know. Anyway, there's tons of reasons why he could be spiraling, but mostly it seems like he is because he doesn't want to have to tell Alec about Asmodeus, (laughs) (laughs) which is so thoughtful. Like his first thought goes to Alec. For for real. It's like about my dad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I, I know what it's like to have to be, like, like briefing um, a significant other on, like, meeting your parents and be like, okay, look, he's a dick, okay? Yeah. It's just, just get through it and, and we'll talk about it after. Like Exactly. We can talk shit later. But, like, could you Magnus is like, he's a greater like, demon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a prince of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Like, listen, I, this is like the prince in me. Like, I didn't tell you that I'm royalty. (laughs) It's like coming to America, but, um. (laughs) I'm not just the high warlock. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm also a duke of so, hell. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help Magnus myself. Magnus decides, you're fine. <laughs> it's hilarious. Magnus decides that since Johnny had only heard Ad- Admo- Asmodeus's name as like a rumor, basically, for now he was going to keep it to himself. He's not going to tell Alec, which, eh, okay. So, um, Johnny admits that he might know more information, but he wants a favor in return. And he asks for, like, an open-ended favor, and Magnus shuts that down real quick. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to owe you a favor. You get something right now. That's it. (laughs) So, he asks for something um, to divert Shadowhunter's attention from him. And Magnus is like, oh, are you doing something you don't want them to know about? Johnny literally says, obviously, Obviously. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously. (laughs) And some reason when I read this, I literally heard Robin's voice saying that. Obviously, (laughs) yes. And I was like, amazing. (laughs) Dirt, McGurk. So the info that he has is that he had heard that the Crimson Hand headquarters is in Venice, um, but they recently had moved on from it and he doesn't know why. So... After agreeing on an ointment, apparently, and he doesn't want it to be an ointment, but Magnus is like, this is it. It's an ointment. That's all I got. He's like, ointment or suppository? You choose, though. You choose. (laughs) He's like, I don't like to be greasy. And Magnus is like, bummer, bro. (laughs) Dude, but I feel that in my soul. I am so, we just talked about this literally in the chit chat. I am so very, very white. And I hate sunscreen because it literally, it, the feel of it on my body is just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got you. I understand. Yeah, the greasy is gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, basically um, they agree to this ointment or whatever. And Johnny tells Magnus that the password to get into headquarters is Asmodeus. Which kind of brings me back to, I don't think it's just a rumor anymore. If that's the password. <laughs> But it's but okay. kind of like the password is password. Yes. Uh, he kind of does say that. He's like, that's it. It's just Asmodeus. Like, that's really stupid. And he's like, yeah, culties aren't very smart. So you get what you get. So um, Johnny ad- tells him that the, his information came from a former Crimson Hand member, a warlock named Maury Shu. So um, if if Magnus can get to this guy, he should have lots of answers. Um, but he's on the run because he offended the leader of the pack. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of the cult. <laughs> so, um, but somehow Johnny Rook knows that Morishu is on his way to Venice. And I'm like, he's not very good at hiding if this random Mundy knows where he is. Right. But Okay. <laughs> Whatever. So eventually, um, while while they're talking, Magnus meets eyes with Alec, and it's the perfect time. Um, he notices how muddy Alec is, but doesn't really, like, he's dirty, okay, but he just pretends like nothing's there. He waves Magnus over, and Johnny makes a comment about um, hoping Alec cleans up nicely, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your boy cleans up, you know, it's kind of gross. <laughs> Coming from a guy wearing sunglasses at night. Like, whatever, bro. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so this chapter is living Cher's wildest fantasy because it turned back time. (laughs) 
We're still in the shadow market, but we've gone back to the newly budded lovers parting and have switched to Alec Alex Pav. He's doing what he does best, which is lurking in the shadows, waiting for shit to hit the fan. He sees Magnus visit at night market vendors and come across all kinds of downworlders. And the high right reel looks like this. Magnus pets a demonic monkey's head, which almost careens Alec into savior mode, but he holds himself back. He passes by a person slash wolf picket line, rallying for the unity of downworlders. At this stop, uh, when Magnus accepts the pamphlet from the lady wolf, it makes her blush like she can see it, which causes Alec to have this internal struggle about if Magnus still finds other people beautiful, which is a very real early adult teenage relationship question. So, like, I really like that that was sprinkled in there. Like, I've been on the edge of 17. I know Alec's not 17. I just wanted to say edge of 17. And I feel that, bro. I feel it. You'll get it'll get yeah, better as you get real. older. So then Magnus goes into an apothecary, and I basically just wanted to write the word apothecary, which is why I'm saying this. Okay, so this is the only reason why because I really want to visit one. And he passes a fairy asking for gold to feed his pet basilisk, which also love that, love that. And then he goes into another stall where Alex says that he spent an hour haggling for what looked like human hair. <laughs> Which I think is that werewolf, um, the thing he's going to bring back for the people at New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whilst looking at his boyfriend from afar, it's apparent that Alec is more watching for like a shy of surprise. That's what he's looking out for. Because, you know, he trusts Magnus's judgment and loves his confidence. It's like in his internal monologue is like, even if he doesn't know what he's doing, he looks good while he's doing it. Like. If you're going to fall, like, he still looks good while he's falling on his face. The fake it till you make it factor, if you will. He's got it. It's not the X factor. And I kind of wonder if Alec is drawn to that because it's a personality trait that he doesn't have, but he'd like to emulate. Like, I know I would. Like, Alec is so awkward and anxious and stuff, which I Mm -hmm. relate to as a person. And so he's like, you know, it's kind of like the opposites attract sort of thing. Yep. That's how I feel about, like, Amanda can ask for food, like, spicy sauce, sushi. Like, I can't do that. (laughs) She has to order for me. Like, I'm a child. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Uh, It's true. That happens. It does. (laughs) But I can do it if it's for my kids. Like, I can order for them. Just not for myself. Not for yourself. Yeah. You're just like, Psh, pretend like you want seared salmon. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> she does like seared salmon, so I don't have to pretend at least. Oh, that's great. Oh, anyway. Okay, next. So good. On the journey, Alex stops a young pickpocketer from stealing out of Magnus's pocket. And it's a fairy who ended up, like, during the scuffle, knocked one of Alex's gloves off. And, we, like, she's clearly terrified when she sees the runes. And she's like, I learned my lesson. I won't do it again. And her wrist was really like so thin that Alec was able to hold it in the circle of his thumb and index finger. And then, of course, did you immediately try to that? That's, that's your middle finger, not your index finger. Oh, that? No, I can't yeah. do that. I can do this. Almost. 
I can't do it, clearly. And then I was like, I feel like Alec has big hands, though. Like, can we agree? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. B-H-E. Like, definitely. Lanky fingers. With with the, like, the very, like, sharp, like, uh... Sh- like, he has, like, almost palm, like a bunion. Palm, yes! Like, the, the sharp palm to thumb, like, angle. Ah, uh, I can't. Ugh. Absolutely. Anyway, it is very, very weird that like I have a preference on hands. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not weird at all. Cause I feel you, boo. It's not. Okay. <laughs> She's a very kinky girl. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I lost my place talking about index fingers. Excuse me, Dude, bro. I have to tell you. I don't know how this happened, but I ended up on a side of TikTok that I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm here now. (laughs) (laughs) You've arrived at your destination. (laughs) I love that when you go in the comments and you're like, why am I here? Like, that's what someone said. Oh, I love it. In this what am I trying? I don't want to say confrontation, but that's the word that's coming to my mind and I didn't write it down. So that's what I'm going to go with. Interaction. Interaction. Yeah, that's good. In the back of his mind, he knows that like Faye can make themselves look younger than they actually are. Like they often do that. But the size of her and her reaction instantly made him think of Max. And this is obviously that catch the reader up to speed moment, but I think it's important to see some of the internal struggle Alec is dealing with. So I'm going to read it. Okay. Do it. I feel like I have to sneeze. I'm sorry. Okay. She looked as young as his brother, Max, who had been killed in the war. Shadow hunters are warriors. His father said, we lose and we fight on. Max had been too young to fight. He would never learn now. Alec always worried about his sister and his pair of tie can't not say that who were both reckless and fearless he had always been so desperate to protect them it had never occurred to him that he had to be on guard to shield max he had failed his little brother um excuse me while i go dislodge the fucking knife sticking out of my chest i'll be right back yeah yep <sighs> max's <sighs> death, death is one that i you know it's hard to recover from I, well and i, I feel bad because i often forget about it same. And I so agree. every time it's like a fresh fucking wound. Every time. Yep. It is. It's it's like ripping it open every time. Because you're like, oh, God. And then you feel guilty for forgetting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yes. So Alec is having this like daydream slash thought in real time, which of course causes this fairy girl to be like, bruh, are you okay? Right. Bruh. You still have my wrist. <laughs> Right. And her saying that allows him to pull himself out of it. Not without what not without one last trauma trinket from Robert Lightwood. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Dude. And he of course says that he's fine and then asks her name and if she's hungry. And she tries to like Naruto her way out of there. <laughs> but he grabs her shirt. Yes. Yeah, she- and she refrains from biting him, which is like, oh my god. Uh, when she sees the euros that he has offered out to her, which is the last of his Monday money from his mom, like that she'd given him before he left the institute, telling him to go be happy. 
just the fucking contrast. Anyway, we'll get there in a second. Yep. He has a second where he's leaning back into the fact that the encounter could have been fairy trickery. Like, maybe this person just robbed me of my last dime. But he wanted to believe that she was what she seemed, and he was glad to see the money go to her. Which, again, this is totally a character trait of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In contrast to Maris, Robert was not happy when Alec had left for vacation. Being the narcissist that he is, he first wonders aloud what Magnus had told Alec about his parents, clearly alluding to the Vitang years. So what did he say about me? <laughs> then, like, when that doesn't work, he decides to try to shut the relationship down by casting doubts, like, in Alec saying, oh, I bet Magnus didn't even tell you much about himself either. And when that didn't work, Robert decides to go full asshole with his opposite Jim, J-E-M. Get it? Because he would never... <laughs> and he says this to him look son you can't think there's any future in this he said not with a downwolder or a man i understand you feel like you have to be true to yourself but sometimes it's best to be wise and take a different path even if you feel tempted then this motherfucker tries to Dale Carnegie his way out of the conversation by saying he's just looking out for Alec's best interests, but you can smell the shit from a mile away. Okay? You can. The shit's name is Robert. Robert Lightwood <laughs> needs to get his motherfucking priorities straight. Or I'm going to fucking Absolutely. dive into this book and fucking... Ship him in the kidneys. Yep. Yep. It's going down. Yep. There's a lot of phobias happening in it's this paragraph. It's going down. It's going down for real. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Alec immediately stands up for the relationship, saying that living his best life and being truthful to himself is what makes him most happy. And he's doing this. To hell with Robert's disappointed dad face. He does not fucking care. <laughs> exactly. Magnus's movement pulled him out of his flashback, and he was on the move, following Magnus into an alley. And he noticed a cloaked figure follow Magnus down, like after him. And Alec breaks into a run and smashes through the throngs of patrons and knocks an arrow, <laughs> like knocks an arrow in his bow, speaking loud enough that his voice carries through the alley, telling the hooded figure to turn around slowly. The figure froze, and Alec decided it looked like a female human. She looked like she was going to comply with his demands and totally faked his ass out, sending a shockwave of light out from her fingers, sending him back onto his ass. Even though she w- he was knocked over, he lets Jesus take the wheel and launches the arrow out. But the bitch basically, like, teleports out of the way and then to his side. And she tries to stab him, but he used his bow to block, which the book says Adamus treated wood. And I don't know why I never thought of them having that before, but I didn't. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I think that's cool. But, uh, okay, I have a question. This is a, a stupid, I'm taking shit too literally question. I love it. Adamus is a rock, correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So how how do you treat wood with that? Well, maybe they like grind it. And, and then like dip it in and water like or something like diamond uh-huh, like diamond yeah you can have like you can have like a diamond plated saw right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So there maybe. were diamonds okay. and a mattress we sold. Yeah. Well, I just cool thought of it being that. like tempered, like how steel is tempered or whatever. I thought maybe uh-huh. it's like tempered with Adamus or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I want to know how that would, how that would. Be. It's like an arrowhead. It's just the tip. does that mean like if he struck hard enough he could like kill a demon by bashing its head in because it's made of adamus with his bow Ooh, i don't know maybe i'd like to see that anyway Uh, interesting alec tries to get hit on her but she tells like to see that that's (laughs) fucked up bro not sorry it's not (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing making gestures that Kristen is not looking at me <laughs> okay Alex Dude, tries to get a hit on her but she teleports again putting her at the entrance to the alley a gust of wind knocked part of her hood back and Alec saw a woman with dark brown eyes and shoulder length black hair he noticed she was wielding a Korean sword which it says what kind of sword in the book and I tried to google it to find more information and I was very confused and then took me to Reddit and these people talking about mm. different kinds of swords they were buying and stuff and I just <laughs> I, I'm a knave and I didn't want to quote this wrong so it's basically like a Korean katana is what I was able to decipher and it doesn't matter but I did the research so I need to It looks to like a triangle. Know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How it's a three-sided that? blade. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the sword is designed to, quote, inflict irreparable damage to human flesh. And I like that it said human flesh, like we're dealing with automatons again. Right. We're not, but it just said that. Staring at the stranger and taking in her odd blank expression took Alec off his guard for just a second, and the lady warrior took full advantage. She twirled a sword of her head, speaking an incantation in a language that Alec didn't understand, and casted out an orange spiraling light from the sword that knocked the ground up and made him, like, have to dive out of the way. He's like, dick, dive, dick. Oh, my God. Dip, <laughs> what is it? Dip, dive, duck, and dodge. That's what I was trying to say. Anyway. <laughs> he pulled out another arrow, but his target had vanished again, and Alec raced to the alley entrance and saw the woman on a rooftop. And he shot the arrow and started running at like full shadow hunter speed. You know, the unsexy reason for the endurance room. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman used her disappearing trick to dodge the arrow and reappeared on the same building but higher. And I just She's like. She's misty stepping. What'd you say? She's misty stepping. Misty stepping. Okay. I, I did. I literally, I didn't hear you, but I, it's not what I, I it's funny. Yeah. Well, and my thing is, I'm thinking, like, when I was trying to talk to Audrey about, like, making a pass in soccer, I'm like, you don't pass to your teammate. You pass to where your teammate's going to be because everybody's in motion. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't shoot the arrow where she is. Shoot it where you think she's going to go. You're wasting one yeah. anyway. Just guess. And then maybe you'll hit her. Bro. But anyway. <laughs> maybe you'll hit her. <laughs> maybe. But the woman jumped like she she jumped off the building and they started jumping off the cross like the across the tops of the stalls running away and the way this is described okay, i'm kind of cuz there's i just like uh-huh. would it hold her weight i don't know i don't know anyway Maybe she's to going me, these super sound fast. like they'd be like those plasticky okay like this i don't know i gotcha uh, maybe she's small like mm-hmm. super petite maybe and she's moving maybe super maybe fast. she has magic clearly mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah 
Okay. Alec chased her down on the ground, gaining on her. When she reached a dead end, she jumped down and started to speak in the like the demonic language again. And a portal began to form, and Alec shot his arrow, pinning her to the side of a market stall by her cloak. And he's like, "Ha, gotcha, bitch!" And her <laughs> and I are like, "Yeah, right, bro. She's got like teleporting magic, and you literally just saw clothing. You don't have anybody. Right. Come on, get a kneecap, please. Act like a grown up here." <laughs> Anyway, he's distracted by the sword, like, because the sword, the spell came out of the sword, but she pushes the spell out from her other hand, blasting Alec feet first into a wall, which he got up. I'm picturing very graceful, very seductive, because I'm picturing Matthew Daddy, or Daddario, Sorry, he not pointed sorry. the bow at her, but of course she like already freed herself and was gone. She's not going to hang around for you, brother. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. She's not going to wait for you to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in fucking Mortal Kombat when they're just like sitting there bouncing, waiting for you to hit them. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> it's not happening. Finish him. <laughs> Finish him. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I had to repeat you, but it sounded really fun when it came off your lips. <laughs> Anyway, that's what she said. <laughs> after he was sure that the dual class warlock slash fighter was gone, he remembered he was supposed to be watching Magnus's six. And this could have been a ruse, yeah. a clever attempt to trick him. So he took off racing back to where he left our high warlock of Brooklyn. And this is like he's pulling out tent stakes and leaving destruction in his wake. So like there clearly are tents. How the fuck were you walking across a tent, lady? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. When he reached his bow, he found him in perfect condition, out of danger and oblivious to the mayhem. Magnus was talking to a seedy looking mundane, and when the man saw Alec, he noped the fuck right out of there. Which Alec was like, Damn bro. I know a shadow hunters aren't like super popular here, but first rude, second I'm offended, uh-huh. and third my feelings are getting hurt. <laughs> I love that he just caused absolute chaos, and he's like, "Why don't they like me?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You just fucking wrecked the whole party, Steve. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just trying to be myself. He's like, the cops are here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Seeing Magnus made the crushing weight of eldest child and demon hunter lighten as Magnus reached out to him and said, hey, honey, what's new? And it's literally a quote. (laughs) So quotes my goats. And I love it. (laughs) Alec gives him a very brief. Like briefing, I guess. I was like, I don't know what else, what other word you would say, <laughs> briefing. Basically, on the fight that happened, and they both pondered on whether she was an assassin from the Crimson Hand. But as Alec points out, you'd think they'd send more than just one person, like with a whole cult at their disposal. Maybe. Magnus tells Alex, damn it, Alec, the next leg of their journey starts with Venice, which they'll be heading off to tomorrow evening after they're all packed. Alec wonders aloud if this vacation is still a vacation or if it had just turned into a mission with all this crazy stuff that's been happening. 
And Magnus says that he hopes it will still be a little of both. And I know this next part isn't important, but I love it so, 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 so much that you get to hear it from my voice box. The Crimson Hand is tracking portal use, according to Tessa. We'll have to rough it like mundanes do and take the fanciest, most luxurious train available on a romantic overnight to the Alps. You see the sacrifices I'm willing to make for the sake of safety. <laughs> and I just need to be in with oh, Muffy. Oh, oh. And he has one of those long cigarettes like Corella DeVille. Yes. Alec says that shadow hunters would just use the permanent portals in Idris. Like, this is what we would do. Like, I think kind of alluding, like, isn't there a permanent portal you can go through? But Magnus says that he doesn't have to worry about justifying expensive like the clave does. So this is happening. No mission is so dangerous that it isn't worth doing it in style. Klaus with a Z formation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and Magnus is like portals. That's an old hack. I invented those with my friend. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, literally. (laughs) Well, and this is, I think that's part of the, like, the vacation part of it, you know? Exactly. You got to enjoy some of it. If you just rush over there, you're on a mission only. Uh Uh-huh. Not both. Yeah. In a nice, cozy overnight. Come on. Yes. Get out of here. (sighs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. Make sure that you read chapters seven through nine for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.